Hey traders, David Frost, my strategic forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Tuesday, October 25, 2022. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? Well, just from a visual and number perspective, they pretty much did the thing we said they were going to do, which was get up into the 385 to 386 zone. Mind you, that doesn't have to be all they do, but that's an important place. They didn't quite get to 386 today, the 50 period moving average. Sometimes they come up short to play games. Everything is a choice. There are no accidents or coincidences, but they got up into the zone that we discussed several times over the last week or two. Now, what we're going to do tonight is, A, we're going to talk about both sides of the tape, but B, we're going to refine where they might be going and some of the reasons why, when we pick apart the charts, look around the horn, we'll decipher where they could be going, and we'll put some numbers on the board. First, as we're the umpire calling balls and strikes, let's discuss where this thing fails. There's always two sides to the tape. They just recently broke out above this area. Therefore, that is the most recent breakout area. Therefore, A, they can come back to run a test before going higher. And B, if they get back below that number, that area, start closing daily below that number, the move upward, at least for the time being, would be over. Net-net, they have to stay above that breakout area in order to continue reaching for higher prices. Period. Full stop. Now, let's flip it around. Where could they be going and why? Well, let's look at a couple of things and let's see if we have any supporting documentation. First, when we take a look at a general Fibonacci retracement using this pivot high, this pivot low, the 50% retracement is right around this 390 area, plus or minus just a little bit. They don't have to hit it on the nose if they're going to get there. Generally speaking, they're going to spike it through most of the time. So that by itself, meaning the Fibonacci retracement, that by itself isn't really everything there is. You can't really, or you shouldn't really, I should say, take a trade based on one item and one item alone. There has to be the development of or the complete full stack situation. Okay, item number one on the list, Fib retracement, 50%. That's an important thing. What else you got? Well, you got a 100 period moving average right up in the same neighborhood. That's item number two. Fair enough. What else you got? How about just over 390 is what we call market symmetry. It's taught in the course, Lazy E-Mini Trader. We teach it in a number of different ways. In this case, using the symmetrical move off the low, we come up with a spike of 390. So we have three separate items, three separate reasons why the target can be and generally will be under normal garden variety market conditions. What does that represent? It represents the 80-20 rule. 80% of the time, the market's just going to do the thing that it generally does all the time over and over and over again. 
Doesn't mean it's a guarantee, but the more evidence you have building of a specific area, of a specific number, with completely different reasons why, all leading you down the same path to the same end result, we have to take that as a big time puzzle piece. 390, give or take. Maybe it's 391, maybe it's 389.99. But that general zone up there should be garden variety of first overhead resistance. It's also a magnetic place. These type of things, the closer price gets to these completions, symmetry, the end of a symmetrical pattern is a completion. Getting close to a 50% retracement, even though they may go higher later, it's still, at least for that time being, a completion. Getting close to the 100 period moving average, price will get sucked in. It is a completion of sorts. Even if they stop at these places from an intraday perspective, one day wonder, whatever it is, it's still getting sucked up there based on the whole magnet theory, and then they're gonna generally have a reaction back in the other direction. How much and for how long remains a mystery until the whole thing takes place. So we're gonna say plus or minus 390 is a target. Write that down, put it on a sticky note. Can they pull back first? Can they go sideways for a while first for a couple, three or four days? Absolutely. Remember, all those type of movements are the ebb and flow of the market. Markets go up, markets go down. When they go down or in the opposite direction of whatever you're expecting, it's sponsored by the trick, trap, fool, and frustrate crew. Their job is designed so that they make as many traders and investors look like fools as much of the time as possible. So we always expect some whipsaw. Remember, we have the whole, can they trade up into the election situation going on? We don't know that they can, but it wouldn't be out of the ordinary nor out of the realm of possibility for them to do that. Remember, the incumbent party will benefit if the market is up. They conflate the market, the economy. If the pundits on TV can discuss that the economy is getting better, then people forget about that aspect of the voting, at least in part, or some of them will. That's a benefit for the incumbent party. We're going to take a little detour, talk about natural gas for a moment. Why is that? Because I want to prove a point. Not that we can make successful trades. This one comes from the lazy swing trader. The point is this. Natural gas was the hottest thing since sliced bread when it was on its way up. Everybody wanted to buy in on the momentum trade. Then they tried to buy it again as it came down. They tried to buy it here, didn't work. Tried to buy it here, worked for a little bit, came down lower. Tried to buy it here, didn't work. Now nobody wants it. Who wants it? We want it. They hit the number. We talked about the number at least a week in advance in the live room. I gave it to Jordan, gave it to the members of the room. We waited, 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 and guess what? Yesterday they hit the number. We took a trade in UNG from an ETF perspective, also from an options perspective. The options are up 25% by close today, give or take, depending on where you got in. And the UNG position is up about 8%, a little more than that, from entry. Nice trade so far. 
Let's slide over and check out what happened inside the numbers today. Were any members able to make money inside the numbers today? Whether it be the live room, inside the numbers, stocks on the move, S&P, short, long, what was it that they were able to do in order to make money today? Here's what we'll say. We had something for everybody. It was Turnaround Tuesday. They didn't really turn around much, but it was still Turnaround Tuesday. Wake up a little red, and then they ended up creeping back toward the flat line by the opening bell. You'll see that come up a little bit later. It's also somewhat of a tell at times, depending on the day, depending on the market, depending on the positioning of the chart. 377 is important. 378.86 is important. That was yesterday's close. That's going to be our initial pivot. Now, above opens the door for yesterday's high around 380 and higher. Below, and there's likely more testing scheduled down around 378, 377 and change. They didn't do that, so we don't need to talk about it. Let's move along, see what we have as the opening bell gets closer. Nine o'clock. No surprise if they work back to the flat line slash pivot by the opening bell. They do that a lot. Now, they hadn't done it yet, and then all of a sudden, they started to move. 378.86 is our bull pivot. What we're saying is the bulls are going to be in total control of the market as long as they're above that number. They're going to want to go back to 380. We'll see what happens at 380. Could be a reaction. They could blow through it. What's the next number? 381.50. All right, fair enough. This is all before the opening bell. Still before the opening bell. We'll get to the chart in a second. 380 is overhead resistance. If they're up in that neck of the woods, a spike coming up short either way, there will likely be a reaction in the other direction if they got there in a hurry formation, meaning quickly. Closing candles above is where the short trade would be incorrect. It's for aggressive traders only. It's a scalp trade with potential. Now, here's a three-minute chart of the SPY, only because it was a small move. I have to blow it up so you can see it. But it was a scalp opportunity. They came up. They spiked 380. They pulled back. The low was 379.15. So they basically gave you roughly eight or nine S&P handles. That certainly qualifies as the scalp. It's the type of trade those aggressive scalp trading individuals are looking for in the morning. Okay, still before the opening bell. Now the market opens and we have an immediate bit of a bonanza from stocks on the move. We'll get to those later. Now, they did the 380 thing. They're either going to 381.50 or will pull back. It's trader's choice on the short side, aggressive traders. So they did the pullback thing. That's fine. There were traders in the room that certainly participated in that short opportunity. But remember, if they start pushing above or closing candles above 380, that's another bull case for 381.50. So by 9.36, they already did the scalp part. Nice trade. It's over from the scalp perspective. Now we have to get back to business, keep our eye on the tape. You see here right away, getting above, closing candles above 380 opens the door for 381.50. This is all around seven minutes into the day so far. We're back to a 15-minute chart now, and you can see what happened. They got above 380. They went right to 381.50 and then some. So we certainly had traders riding that wave 
on the momentum ride up to 381.50. They ate some time off the clock, stayed above it the entire time. That's a bullish signal, so stay tuned. Pause the video, read the notes where I don't stop, and go back to the chart and double-check the work. There it is again, above 380, the target becomes 3D150, then all of a sudden they just ran right up there, and there you have it, 38150. they can keep going. There's a difference between a target and a short. They're not the same things. It was a big spot, but if they stay above, they're headed to another big spot. There could be a bigger spot. There's always a bigger kid on the playground. Here it is. For the record, I'm not interested in a short. Target is exit, not always a short. You learn stuff in here in addition to everything else you see. Now, here's the important thing. 9.50 in the morning, 20 minutes into the day. Read this one. 381.50 is the beginning of the gateway to 385 to 386 from the videos at night. Likely not right away, but it is the gateway. Well, it depends on how you define right away. They did get up there. And there is 385, 381.50 was the gateway. Funny how that works, isn't it? Pause the video, read the notes, go back to the chart to double check the work. I've pointed out some important things. A short trade, a long trade. There's plenty of learning opportunities in here throughout the trading day in addition to the numbers you need to effectively navigate the market. Read them, double check the work. How about stocks on the move? We'll take a look at the ones that hit their entry objectives, not the ones that didn't. We'll look at triple M. We'll look at X anyway. There's a method to the madness. It didn't hit its entry target, but we have to look at it. We'll look at Corning, GLW. We'll also look at Zion. 3M, getting a haircut at the opening bell. The number on the board at zero dark 30 was 113.15. The low of day was 113.15. Rocket ride ensued. You never know which ones are just going to take off like a bat out of hell. The reason we're looking at U.S. Steel is because the entry target was $20.35. Low of day, $20.37. Rocket ride ensued. Life of a trader. Some traders may have front ran it. Some missed it. I missed it. But either way, you see what happened. The numbers work. Corning GLW, it's buzz cut at the opening bell, 29.78 on the board, zero dark 30, low of day, 29.63, and you know what comes next? Apples. You like them apples. So Jordan and the room participated in some of these trades, not necessarily all of them. I'm not sure anyone in the room got 3M. I'm not exactly sure of that. Either way, I think they got two of them, doesn't matter, they're there for the taking. About Zion, 47.57, entry target, low of day, just pennies below, 47.49, rocket ride ensued. Just as an example, look at the high of day on this one, 51.87, that's tremendous, it's an unbelievable rocket ride. We said it a number of times, earnings season creates the bonanza environment. What's going on over in Camp IWM? Well, they're doing the thing. They went into the convergence of moving averages. We had relative strength today against the S&P 500. 
up 2.74%, pretty big divergence against the S&P up just over 1%. The IWM is my favorite market leading indicator. Risk assets are flowing into the IWM. They can certainly continue to do so. They've broken above an important trend line. They rode it last week during options expiration week. Now they've broke above it right into the moving averages, working on what? In the neighborhood of the next breakdown candle high in the sequence, which is in the vicinity of, and let me get the number, 181.10, somewhere 180 is a big fat round number. They spike it. Maybe they get to 181 and change. Maybe they don't, but this is the way it works. Getting above the moving averages, make it look real good, stall out around the breakdown candle high, maybe slightly above it, and then they have some kind of another pullback, and they will have completed the market symmetry design. We talked about one on the SPY. There's another one here, and it's in the same vicinity. You see how you stitch all this together? That's why I call them puzzle pieces. What about the folks down at the transportation department? Into or maybe just short of the 50-period moving average. When that clicks down tomorrow, it'll look like they hit it today. There's a gap up here. That's where they're headed. They may have a pullback first, maybe not. We can use the most recent breakout area as a benchmark to stay above to really say they're in the most bullish type of position, and that would be the breakout over here that they basically achieved today. They can come right back down tomorrow. One day doesn't make a trend, doesn't make a breakout. They have to confirm above. They have to prove that they can stay above. Peeking their head above, coming right back down is not necessarily what we're looking for. If you're looking for the bull case into the 100 period moving average and fill that gap up here around 13.5 or 6. That's what we're looking at for the move of the transports. That would be for the bull case, of course. Bear cases, they get below this breakout area, and then we got a whole new can of worms going on. How about the Q people? Remember yesterday we said they chose not to fill the gap? When they do that, it's generally because the destination they're headed to is somewhere else, not necessarily the gap. They had a choice to fill it yesterday, and they just didn't. It's the gap over here. They came up just short, and then today, you see what happened. They blew right through it on their way into what? Yeah, into those moving averages. The closer price gets, the more magnetic they become. Look at the weekly chart. Could it be conceivable that they could get to the 20-week moving average bouncing off the 200? Yeah, of course it is. 293 and change, spike it through. Then they're already working on this breakdown candle. The high here is 311. I'm not saying they're getting there anytime soon. I'm just looking at the weekly chart saying, this is what's here. Then we go back to the daily chart and we say, all right, well, what's there? You have these moving averages. The 100 period is 294. Maybe they spike it up to 295. Here's a breakdown candle here. The high is 303. So 295, you have a big fat round number of 300 and a breakdown candle high above. So you see how a zone gets created. Put that stuff on a sticky note. These are little mini lessons I'm giving you here. The XLF is working on the completion of its symmetrical move. Where does the symmetrical move take you? Takes you just over 34. 
What's just over 34? Well, as it just so happens, maybe it's a coincidence, maybe it's not. There's a gap to be filled. The gap is at 34.50. Above that, you have overhead resistance coming in with the 200 period moving average sloping down. So you see how a full stack is created. Once again, we're doing a lesson. I'm drilling this process into you. You have a gap up there. You have a 200 period moving average above, but closer price gets, they're gonna get sucked into it. They may not get there right away, but it's still there. It's still in the equation. The symmetrical move off the bottom takes you up into the 34 plus neighborhood. Weekly chart, breakdown candle high, 34.82. They don't have to always get to the high. The point is, is that they climb them. Sometimes they come up short, sometimes they peek their head above, spike them a little bit, and come back down. They usually are overhead resistance around the top. But the closer price gets, they pull price up the breakdown candle. Now we just did the same thing in the XLF that we did earlier in the video on creating a full stack and how it's developed. You see how this works? Put this stuff on a sticky note. SMH, still relative weakness as compared to the other stuff. So they're getting above the 20 period moving average, but make no mistake about it. This is by definition, simply a bounce in a downtrend. Everything is still a bounce in a downtrend, but this one is a paltry bounce in a downtrend. They'll likely complete the symmetrical pattern off the bottom, and similar to the XLF, they can go up and fill the gap up here. That's right around 202, 201, something like maybe 200. You have a 50 period moving average sloping in, so that by definition with all the stuff up here will be overhead resistance. If I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you, without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. We're pulling the ripcord here today. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.